Hi everyone, and welcome to the first episode of Creativity Sucks, a new podcast brought to you by Creative Review magazine. My name is Eliza Williams, and I'm the editor at CR, and I'm going to be your host for this show. Now, if you know anything about Creative Review, you'll know that we're all about championing creativity and see it as essential to building successful brands and businesses. So the title of this podcast might seem a bit weird, but it's born out of the fact that while we love the creative industries, we also know they can sometimes be pretty hard to work in. It's not easy making creative work, especially in a world where budgets are tight, competition is fierce, and it can feel like everyone wants to water down your brilliant idea. So this podcast is here to tackle some of these challenges and criticisms and cast a slightly sceptical eye over some of the obsessions and assumptions of the ad, design and brand worlds. Our first series will be six episodes long and we'll ask various provocative questions about where the industry is going. To kick us off, we are addressing a question that seems to perennially be thrown about. Is advertising getting worse? I've written about the advertising industry for a couple of decades now, and this question has been bandied about pretty much the whole time, regardless of the seismic changes that have taken place. There's been an awful lot of powerful, fun and entertaining advertising made during this time. But nonetheless, the industry seems obsessed with the idea that advertising is doomed and creativity in particular is dwindling. So I want to get into why this is and where the truth might lie. To do this, I'm joined by three excellent guests. They are Mark Denton, an industry veteran who has worked in advertising for over 40 years and done everything from run his own agency to recently doing a stint as an intern. David Colbush, who recently joined New York-based agency Orchard as CCO and prior to that was CCO at Droga 5 in London for several years. And Melody Sylvester, who is head of film at Engine and has previously worked at a mix of top ad agencies and production companies. Welcome to the show, everyone. Hello. Oh, hello. Is that where we're meant to come in and say hello? <laughs> so I'm just going to ask you all quickly whether you think advertising is, in fact, getting worse. Melody, perhaps you can kick us off. Um, okay, I've thought about this. I'm going to try and be really concise. I think, I think there are aspects that have got better, mainly because we're talking about it more and we're debating about it more. Um, but whether we'll actually do anything is, is what will kind of influence whether it's getting better or worse. Um, I think we've been through quite a bad time in terms of, you know, the, the pandemic and crisis, but I think a lot of really good things has come out of that. So it's probably going to get a little bit worse before it gets better, but I do think it will. David, you next. What do you think? Uh, I think it's a very complicated question. Is getting worse than what? Advertising getting worse than what? Yeah, getting, getting worse than when it was at its best. Was it ever at its best? <laughs> This is the question. It's a very difficult question to answer because it's all down to generational shifts, isn't it? And every generation thinks that they're, when they were the most relevant, that their period was the best. And as they grow older, then there's a nostalgia for this brief period where what they considered was a nostalgia for what for that period that they considered to be the best, which is why it's the perennial question, because one generation will replace the last, will replace the last. And they're all looking back to this um very specific period where uh, where they were uh, where, they, where they felt they were at their most potent and relevant, rather. So no, it's not getting worse. It's just uh, changing and evolving. And um, furthermore, I think there's aspects of it. So it's like te- is television advertising as good as it once was? Maybe not. Maybe bits of it are. Uh, there's probably not the volume or consistency. Um, but then there's uh, lots of other uh, areas. Um, 
disciplines, media channels in advertising that um, weren't available to people who were uh, kind of coming up in the last quote unquote halcyon days of advertising, the late 90s and early 2000s, I think is what we mean when we reference the last golden period. So yeah, I think it's just, it's just changing and evolving, isn't it? I wish I'd said that. Mark, what about you? Because in some ways, I feel what David is referring to there is is a sort of a, a different era, which obviously you were part of. So what's your take on this? Been, I've been part of lots of different eras, going right back to the 70s. So I've seen it, you know, 45 years I've been doing it, 46 years this year. It's crap now. And that's not me wallowing in nostalgia. It's rubbish insofar as the punters don't like it. Um, I used to get in a cab and I like a chat and I'd slide the little window back, black cab, um, and uh, the cab driver say, yeah, what do you do? I say, I'm in advertising. And then before you know it, we have a lovely conversation about what adverts I've done and what he's seen and what he likes and what he don't like. Uh, but now you say, I'm in advertising and they tell you what's wrong with it. No one wants to watch TV commercials anymore. They fast forward through them. I do. That's why I did the internship. Because I got to the end of lockdown thinking, I like adverts. I like advertising. Why do I fast forward through every ad break? And I know there's lots of different mediums to play with now. But it feels like everyone's forgotten how to do posters. I walk now because i got my uh, old person's freedom pass. Um, I use the tube a lot. I walk from one end of the platform to another when I turn up on the platform, uh, reading the posters. Most of them, I don't actually understand. I'm the perfect punter. I don't understand much at all. And uh, there's too much information on posters. Um, And um, for the, the next hour, I'll talk about online advertising. That was a joke, by the way. I could go on about it. It's crap. You know, it really is crap. Everyone's forgotten about the punters. And the punters don't like advertising. They go out of their way to avoid it at all costs. I rest my case. I was just going to say that it feels like there's a, there's a very valid point there. It, it's difficult because I agree and I disagree. I, I, I think advertising uh, definitely has punters in the back seat definitely doesn't kind of pay as much attention to them or as close attention to them anymore. We've become preoccupied. If you take a further step back, I think the real problem is award shows have become preoccupied with the wrong thing. Um, And award shows uh, have always celebrated superior creativity, but, um, and for a long period of time that was uh, made manifest in television ads and posters. So it was easy to um, easier to kind of figure out what was good and what wasn't. Um, because we weren't relying on uh, case study videos to explain the the nuance of uh, more intricate campaigns. But as uh, advertising has become more complicated and complex, it feels like um, uh, you can now create case study videos to um, shift and adjust the uh, the real world success of whatever it is that you've done. And consequently, a lot of time and energy and focus is, is placed on those things than uh, in that rather than in the actual creation of the materials, which do please the public. And I think we've, we've taken the gas off uh, the creativity uh, when it comes to television and posters, or at least to the volume that we used to, and kind of ha- have applied those creative resources elsewhere. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm not sure that that's necessarily helped. 
if you think about it, there was a particular period where, where radio was probably the most gratifying medium. And then that was supplanted by other mediums and uh, radio ads kind of took the backseat and became vastly inferior. So I, I, like, again, I, I think it's like, yeah, have posters gotten worse? Yes. Has television gotten worse? Yes. But I don't think that if, if you call that advertising, then yes, advertising has got a lot worse. But I'd say that there's uh, a lot of other stuff is, that has either uh, gotten better or been invented, new ways to experience new uh, to um, brands communication with consumers. Um, and uh, I, I think we, you just can't tar the entire industry with one brush, if that makes sense. I think it's interesting, the point about the, um, the punter, the public, I feel like there's a more knowledgeable audience out there now, right? They see a lot of advertising. They're constantly bombarded with it. A lot of it, you know, can be really terrible. And that's not really what we're talking about here. But of course, that plays into the whole experience of advertising, right? It plays into, you know, the pop-ups, the things getting in your way. But overall, is the customer more sophisticated now? And that requires a different kind of approach, do you think? Yeah, I think so. And I think, I think in a lot of ways, there's something good about that. I think you have to work harder to engage them. Um, and there is much more of a, a level of sophistication. And I think, is advertising getting worse? Obviously, we're talking about the work, but I think there is also stuff around, you know, what advertising means and how it's made and how it's delivered. And, and I think, although we're making some progress in that area, you know, there's still a lot of stuff, work that we've got to do. I think people are much more selective. You've got to strive harder to get their attention and you've got to do better. You know, you can't just talk about, uh diversity and inclusion in the work um it can't just be in front of the camera which we are making progress in it's got to be behind the camera and people are much more aware of that i'm I'm, you know i've been in the business for 25 plus years and some of the conversation that you have now quite openly in agencies i'm pretty sure you didn't have 25 years ago or if not further back maybe mark can can allude to that but yeah i feel that there is definitely some progression in the way we talk about the work and how we make the work how it's received. Yeah, I think people take it or leave it. I think you do have people that just say it's crap. But I do think it's interesting how much of the sort of big stuff is part of the the zeitgeist and the social texture. You know, like you're standing around at the football on Saturday morning with your kids and, and they're talking about the Marks and Spencer ad and the John Lewis ad. Whether you think that's good or bad, it's true. It's what happens. Most of the time they're slagging it off. That's true. Um, but the fact that they're talking about it is is still interesting. I think. So I just don't think you can dismiss it completely. The other point that I'll raise uh, with regards to the the punter test and my earlier point about um, the proliferation of media is you get into the back of a cab and you try to have a conversation with a cab driver about anything these days. And no, any, like, it's, like, it's because there are so many channels and so many different things to watch and consume now. And it's not just an advertising problem. You go into the back of a cab and you talk to a, a cab driver about a, a television show that you're watching or that he's watching, and it's never going to intersect. Or a film. It's like, just saw a marriage story. A marriage what? A marriage story. It's one of the biggest films on Netflix. Never heard of it, mate. Blah, blah, blah. You know what I mean? It's like, it, there, there's too much in the world for us to see and consume now. And whereas there, there used to be far fewer channels and more commonality between individuals, now you're at a point where... People won't see the adverts that you've talked about. People won't see the books that you've read unless it's the absolute top peak. If it's a Booker Prize winner, and even then it's like a roll of the dice or an Oscar winner. I mean, it- David, you're, you're dead right about all of that stuff. Yeah. There's, no doubt, there's no doubt about that. But 
doesn't that mean that all advertising, whether it's traditional advertising or online advertising, doesn't it all have to be better, so much better, that it cuts through in some way? It feels like, you know, I'm online more, you know, as much as a teenage girl. You know, I'm... <laughs> I watch a bit of telly. I watch a lot of telly. I'm in front of a screen most of the time of some description. But, you know, I get targeted ads for baths with doors in the side, <laughs> Viagra. And uh, I don't need either, uh. I hasten to add. And um, it's, it doesn't feel that clever. I see stuff in... Uh, advertising awards when I've been a judge and I'm thinking, right, this is for Nike. This is this is some clever online app thing for Nike. Now, I used to work on Nike, so I'm meant to be interested in sportswear. I've never seen this stuff before. I go on uh, awards juries and then I see this plastic island or whatever floating around. And yet, I hadn't seen this, what went on to be a very award-winning concept, until I turned up at the awards judging. So where's the clever targeting, given that I am the target audience for some of these things I'm seeing at award shows, and yet I don't see them in real life? You know, I don't think there's anyone who doesn't look at the corner of the screen before any um, YouTube video where it says skip in three, two, one. I don't think I don't think I've ever seen an ad before because my eyes are fixed to that little box in the corner, as everyone else's is. But aren't we assuming that that we talk about cut through? But but it's how people consume. Do you not think that people make a choice about where they consume and what they consume? Because you know, arguably, if you're eighteen to twenty four and you're not watching TV, you're you're going somewhere to get your to get your kicks or to, to see what you want to, you know, it, they know what they want to see and where to see it, right? Oh, whether, you know, whether it's TikTok or wherever yeah. it is. But it's yeah. not, you know, the punters, I mean, the punters generally, and, I'm, and, you know, when I say punters, I don't mean people of my age. I mean people going right down to uh, um, three or four when I was parked in front of the telly and I can still remember stuff from back when I was four years old. Yeah. You know, if it was good. So everyone is a punter, a potential punter. Punters being anyone who's potentially going to buy something, they're doing, they're showing us up. Because you look at the best um, uh, TikTok videos or you look at the best stuff on Instagram and it's better than advertising. It really is. Uh, there's too many what is properly known as stakeholders now and generally, to me, I just visualise a lot of people standing around in a meeting, standing round uh, a concept with stakes in their hand, ready to drive them in to the heart of the idea. There's too many voices and there's too many... This before things get aired, you know, or in whatever medium. There's too many opinions and there's too many meetings and agencies seem to make their money by filling in timesheets and not making creative stuff and not looking at what the punters really do like. And, and they're making stuff themselves than, that is better than what we're making. And that's the frustrating thing for me because I'm not looking back to a rosy age in the 70s, 80s or 90s, even though it was great. It was great. 
And I really felt like we were connecting back in the 90s when I had my own agency. I really thought we were doing stuff that the punters were enjoying. You know, Nike was a number two brand before I got hold of it, and then it was a number one brand. I still get requests now for Nike posters I did 35 years ago. People phone me up and say, can I buy one? I wish I probably kept some proofs. I don't know, though, Mark. I feel like I, I, I feel like you are making it sound like it was amazing and perfect back then, and it wasn't. It wasn't. And agencies were not, you know, there's a lot of stuff that, I mean, I think it's, yeah, they may, they might be quite a lot of people standing around, depending on what agency you're talking about. But you've got to look at the, who those people are now. Um, and those environments that you were describing back then were exclusively white male. You know, you're talking about, you know, what you're, you're making quite a bold statement about what agencies are now in reference to what agencies were before. It's got nothing to do with who's right, you know, whether things are good or bad, because it doesn't matter what background you come from. If and, You know, I read it a lot in ca- the likes of Campaign, where they say, oh, it's going to be, you know, we need a more diverse uh, creative departments to get better ads through. That I, I've got to argue with that. That is not true. I'm all for anyone from any area of uh, coming into the industry and there being a completely open door, no matter what background you come from. But I was down in Brixton two weeks ago teaching a lot of kids, and I'm being honest to them. I'm saying, these are great portfolios that you're showing me. They really are great portfolios, but this is the reality of when you get into an agency. There's going to be a lot of people that are going to stop you from doing work this good. And that's the, that is the reality of it. What the industry needs to change is not the diversity we're talking about, even though that will be great and there should be no barriers to anybody. That would be fantastic when it is truly come on in, the water's lovely, but the water's not lovely at the moment because the salespeople are not there. And again, they should come from diverse backgrounds. Good salesmen who actually sell great ideas, they're missing. This is not directed at what Mark just said, but one of the things that I think that is problematic about what's getting worse is that everybody is having the debate and everyone is saying diversity and change and it should be, you know, and everybody should be welcome. But no one's actually doing anything about it. So the truth of it is, is that it's easy to say it should be an open door, but it isn't. If we're not careful, we will, when we're sort of dissecting and saying that advertising is crap or whatever, we will just throw out all the progress as well. I mean, and, and admittedly, there's not a lot of progress, but there is some. People have to want to get into advertising and have to see something for themselves in there. And that's what will make advertising better. And that will make the work better. And that's the point. And I think that that is absolutely pivotal, is why would anyone want to get into it? And the reason you don't want to get into it, the young people that I mentor and that I talk to from all backgrounds, race, colours, whatever, some really, really are excited about it. But some think, well, why would I? I'd much rather take my film degree and go and make films. I don't want to make ads about bog roll. That's what, you know. Advertising's great because it knows to, to, how to talk about to real people. And it doesn't know how to talk to real people at the moment. Most of the output, whether it's online, telly, posters, print or whatever, is cold. It's not warm. No one's being taught about what, about human and humans and humanity. Mark's right about humanity. I think Mark's right about us being 
um, shamed by the development of all the other platforms. But what advertising was, or I thought it was was good was good at, was being able to dip into all of those all of those different things and bring it together and use it to try and speak to people. Yes, I think it it totally latches onto whatever's new. And sometimes it's successful with implementing that technology or that innovation. Sometimes it isn't. It's had to uh, change a lot, like a lot of industries. But I think it's one that's really had to be pulled and pushed in lots of different directions to, to try and stay relevant. And, and like you said at the beginning, Eliza, there's always a fatalistic kind of point of view about people in advertising. They're always talking about the end of advertising. And it's always this sort of doom and gloom thing. But for young people who are getting into it, it isn't that. And and I think that um, young creative people who are like, well, why would I want to get into advertising? What I usually say is, well, there's a lot of money to be made in advertising and you can use it to go on and do the thing that you really want to do. I mean, everybody in advertising wants to be a director. Every um, creative I've ever met or, or anyone that I've worked with who does commercials wants to be a film director. And, and a lot of them go on to do that. And so advertising is a great portal into to further creativity and I and I and I don't want to just dismiss that because I think it can change people's lives um is it perfect no but we have to just keep working on it I think I guess as long as whilst we're engaged in it yes I think making people laugh is key but not everything not everything can be that unfortunately if only it was as simple as that so, David, I want to hear a bit from you. There's been a lot that's been talked about here. Do you, do you feel that uh, ad, the ad industry isn't nurturing people well and that the actual structure of the agencies is going against great work coming out? I think there's a couple of different things at play. Melody made a point earlier, which I kind of agree with, which is and harkens back to my one of the first things that I originally said. Ask the kids entering the industry, do they think advertising is dead or shit or worse than it ever has been? And I think the answer is probably no. Uh, I think they're pretty optimistic and excited about the future of it. My biggest issues, I think, at the moment are with the schools and with the, and this is, of course, me just just saying based on what I've seen from firsthand experience. There may be some programs out there that are absolutely fantastic. The schools and the award shows, to me, are the biggest nefarious actors this is not vis-a-vis uh, -vis the d diversity, which is a completely different topic and I think is actually headed in the right direction. No one's doing enough. We're all trying, uh, not as hard as we should be. Uh, but I'm speaking specifically to the content at the moment and what's being taught. And I think uh, since time immemorial, uh, students have been taught in schools because it's usually uh, quite a consolidated effort, these programs. Uh, they're, they're taught the skills necessary to get jobs. Awards are important to any young creative's career. And so agencies uh, are very attracted to awards. They want to win awards. And so they'll uh, gravitate towards hiring students who know how to win awards. And if what you're taught in school is how to make work that will attract agencies who want to win awards, and the award schemes now are heralding case study videos for things that didn't really happen, or only happen to a very small subsection of the population, then uh, traditional skills, writing and art direction, and how to conceive of a brilliant idea, um, how to understand strategy, all these things sort of fall by the wayside because you're too busy preparing a book, quote unquote, uh, or website um, that can land you a job. So the schools are teaching you how to get a job 
and award shows are awarding work that uh, is uh, predisposed to 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 win. And so it kind of perverts the whole system if these classic forms, television and poster, are not necessarily the most important, which they aren't anymore. It's all kind of designed to win awards, and consequently the standards of the work fall um, and feel less uh, relevant to your average consumer. That sounds like you think it's worse. I think the award schemes are, are have gotten worse and the schooling has gotten worse because the focus is, it's not their fault. It's because the focus is, has diverted. The, the reality is we just need to remind ourselves who our consumers are. But the, the focus has shifted because of the, the, the way the world has changed. Um, but there's, there's plenty of brilliant work out there still. I think there's tons of great work. And, and honestly, I said this probably like, seven or eight years ago, I wouldn't still be in this industry if the only canvas I had anymore was television and, and, and press. I'd be bored. And now I can kind of make anything. There's so many different avenues. Um, and that to me is really exciting. Oh, there's no doubt about it. The, the tools that are available now are so exciting compared to the tools that we had uh, last century. Um, but it feels like, and I find this a lot with treatments that I do when I'm trying to get a commercial job. Um, sometimes I win a treatment with the icing that I put on the cake. I'm given a nice cake and then I, I try to put a bit of icing on it uh, and, and, and sometimes even a cherry on top. And um, I win a job based on that icing and the cherry. And then I'm in an edit suite where they carve off the icing and flick the cherry off. Um it feels frustrating for me because the tools that we're now given, the creative tools that we're now given, it's like we can see them, but we're not allowed to use them. There's a hell of a lot of agencies out there where it really does feel like a box ticking exercise, a client pleasing exercise, getting worked through, and an exercise when you have a pre-pre-pre-prod and a pre-pre-prod and a pre-prod. Um, it feels like a timesheet filling in exercise. And that's not unusual. That really is unusual to keep the debate going a long time uh, and to charge the client for the number of debates that are had and to not support creative work and the best creative work seems to be the norm. And then in anything outside of that, from a creative point of view, is an exception. So if you work in a place that gives you access to all these fantastic creative tools that we've now got, then you want to think, think yourself lucky as a creative because it ain't that usual. If you look back and you look, I was at Leo Burnett when it wasn't a fashionable agency. And if you look back at their ads now, even though they weren't fashionable and they didn't win awards, they were entertaining and so I look back at them with a nostalgic glow just because they're the kind of ads that the taxi drivers used to talk about, even though they didn't win awards. And even the bad agencies like Gears Growths, McCann's, um, Alan Brady and Marsh, you look at their catalogue and you'll find stuff that is being remembered 40, 50 and 60 years later. And I can't see 40, 50 and 60 years time, people are going to be remembering the great Aperol spritz line, uh, together we joy. You know, there's only going to be a handful of things that are ever remembered from any decades. 
and this is true not just of advertising it's true of you know everything really but especially advertising because it's so ephemeral really isn't there a sort of point where you're only going to hold up certain things each period anyway I mean Melody does this time to your experience what Mark's saying I mean, I, I, do, I am kind of sympathetic to what he's saying and hugely entertained by it. Um, but there is part of me that just thinks, does it matter? Um, I don't know. Does it, does it only matter to people in advertising what people remember from the past? I, don't, I really don't know. What do you feel now, David? Do you feel optimistic for the industry? Um, yeah. <laughs> so I find we're, we're in a, a particularly exciting um, period in our industry. And to be honest, like I've always kind of had a, a slight allergy to the, um, to the arrogance of, uh, of the, the creative individual, like throughout my entire career. And I actually like, for, for me, the, the job was harder um, when uh, creatives were ring fenced and, uh, and separated. And I like the pre pre pro meetings and I like the pre 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 pro meetings. I don't like having that authoritative uh, approach to, um, to a brief and uh, the, this, the sense that there's any, only one creative solution to any business problem. Uh, and then it comes from the creative individual. Uh, it's, I, for me, the pre pre pro meetings, then the pre 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 pro meetings, what they do is they allow a degree of rigor. And if you're working in partnership with good clients, clients who share your, your vision, then all those things iron out the kinks so that when you get into shooting something or producing something or, or, or building a website, it's the, or, or an experience, um, it, it makes the back end of it so much more smoother because everyone's on the same page, and you're not having those those arguments and those those those. You get what I'm saying as well. But I mean, trust also went wrong a lot, and uh, and uh, agencies were fired more a lot, uh, a lot more in the old days from my experience. So I, I find it much easier. The only hiring strategy that, that I had for my former agency and will continue into the a current agency is about taste. And I want everyone in the agency to have taste, not just the creatives, producers, um, strategists, account people, everyone who enters the building. And so that the, the mechanisms to protect creativity inside the organization, it becomes self-policing. Another thing that drives people crazy about me is I don't hold creative reviews with just creative people. I want everyone in there at all times. I want there to be an authoritative voice in the room acting as a taste filter, but everyone's opinion is valid. And it's not by it's not um, uh, creativity by committee. It's creativity with empathy, and uh, everyone, uh, every department. In fact, I get frustrated when it's just a whole bunch of creative people in a vacuum trying to trying to crack a brief, and it adds more time and labor and energy further down the line. When then, uh, uh, and I'm saying this in air quotes and with a, a wink, those miserable account people or those miserable strategists are holding us to account. They have a lot to contribute and their minds and thoughts and ideas are valid too. And I prefer having them further upstream in the process and it smooths everything out. And I made it my mission to work out those kinks. And perhaps the reason that uh, I've had such success creating great creative work over the past few years where others haven't is because I haven't fought kicking and screaming at the industry change. And I've embraced it and tried to harness it and uh, bring as many people along for the ride as possible. So, Melody, what's your feeling about the future? Yeah, I am optimistic. What Dave was saying about that collaborative environment, I think that one of the key benefits, speaking from my point of view, it's been producers being further upstream and more involved is something that I think is better 
I think COVID kind of put a spotlight on the people who are able to just keep the lights on and keep it going. It, um, and I do think that it isn't, you know, I th- as long as creativity is about everyone and not just about the creative department in air quotes, I think um, that is progressive and, and that's the direction that we should be going in. And I think probably ultimately we're all kind of agreed. I, I can't really speak about 45 years ago because I wasn't around. I definitely think that we're moving in the right direction. And I think more debate, but I think not just talking about it, but doing something is essential because we're very good at, at, at talking about what needs to be done and how it should be done and often don't get a chance to employ it ourselves. And so that's what I would hope for. And I'm optimistic about that, hopefully. Well, we've run out of time. I think we're going to have to leave it there, even though there would clearly be plenty more to talk about. Hopefully we've given you lots of food for thought, though. Thanks to Melody, David and Mark for being part of the show and for you for joining us for this very first episode of Creativity Sucks. I hope you'll join us for the rest of the shows. Please subscribe to be alerted as soon as they drop. And of course, visit creativereview.co.uk to see more of our work too. Thank you.